Jesus said to him, Shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those who followed him, Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such a great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you have believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very moment. Can we pray? Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you all adoration. We lift up your name this morning because you are faithful. We lift up your name because you have never changed. We ask this morning, Father, as we come before your throne of grace, speak to us at the point of our need. May we leave this place edified. May we leave this place encouraged and strengthened, ready to face over the challenges of life. Be glorified, Adonai, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning, I'd like to talk to you on the topic, the power of the spoken word. The power of the spoken word. And we are talking under the series, the word of God. The power of the spoken word. When you read Genesis chapter 1, when God is creating the whole world, I compare the creation of the world to the, to, the, to the construction projects that we have. For example, when I started working at the airport in 2015, they started the construction for the metro to leave D.C. to the airport. Until today, that construction is not yet over. It has taken over four years and is not still yet over. Then I compare the fact that God created the whole world and everything we see in six days. Can you imagine that? That God created everything we see. He created America, He created Africa, Europe, Australia, Asia, and everything that we can ever imagine. The birds of the air, the fishes in the sea, and everything that lives upon the surface of the earth. God took six days to create that, to create everything. But yet, projects that we have around, some take two years, some take five years. But when I look at the creation, the reason why God took six days to create everything he created was because God was not using any mechanical device. God did not need caterpillars. He did not need cream. He did not need concrete. All God was doing was speaking. Let there be light. And there was light. Let there be grass. And there was grass. All God was doing was speaking. As he spoke his word, everything came to pass by what he said. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that we are created in the image of God. What does that mean? If God said it and it came to pass, if you say it, it will also come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we are created in the image of God. There is power in the spoken word. There is power in the spoken word. So as we go into the text this morning, I want you to understand that you are created in the image of God. And if God said it and it came to pass... When you say it, it will definitely come to pass. 
in the name of Jesus. In verse number 5 of Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says when Jesus entered Capernaum, there was a centurion at the gate that was asking for help. Now, I realized in the Bible that any time that Jesus was about to enter a city, somebody was always at the entrance of that city needing for something. Read your Bible. Any time that Jesus was about to enter a city, there was no time in the Bible that Jesus was about to enter a city and something did not happen at the entrance of that gate. Something is always happening when Jesus is entering the city. But in this case, there was a centurion who was seated at the entrance of the city. But when we read the account in the book of Mark, we realize that it was not actually the centurion that was at the city. He actually sent people at the gate to go speak to Jesus on his behalf. People who met Jesus at the gate understood the season of their visitation. Is somebody hearing me? The people who met Jesus at the gate understood the season of their visitation. There are some people that may be in the presence of the Lord. They may be before the power of God, but they don't understand that this may be the season of their visitation. The Bible said the children of Issachar had the understanding of the time. They knew the season of their visitation. They knew when God was moving. They knew when God was about to heal. I pray that may God open your eyes to know the season of your visitation. In the name of Jesus. May you know the season of your visitation. And the Bible says that the centurion came to Jesus asking for help. Now, I want you to understand that God is always willing to help. But if you don't ask, he will never help. Matthew chapter 7 verse 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given. It says, Seek, and you shall find. And it said, Knock, and it shall be opened. It said, To everyone who asks, receives. And it says, You have not received because you have not asked. The reason why we are helpless sometimes is because we refuse to ask. We struggle on our own. We try to resolve the problems on our own without asking the Lord. But this centurion came to Jesus and he asked. And when I read further, you realize that the centurion came to Jesus not asking anything for himself. He would have said, well, Lord, I need a promotion at my job site. I need to fix something in my marriage. But listen to what the centurion said. He says, my servant is seriously sick and I need your help. Somebody was coming to God not for their family problem, not for any crisis in his life, but for somebody else. When was the last time you prayed about somebody? That was not your prayer topic. When was the last time you came to God with a prayer topic that did not concern you, but concern somebody else? When was the last time you spent a day in the presence of the Lord, praying and not asking anything for yourself, but for somebody else? We need to come to that place where our prayers is not me, 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 my family, my husband, my wife, my children. We need to start thinking beyond ourselves to other people. You can take a day to pray for that your nasty supervisor. You can take a day to pray for somebody else that is not you. Hallelujah. He said, my servant is seriously sick. And Jesus said in verse 7, shall I come and heal him? Like I said, Jesus is always more than willing than what you think. Before you even ask, he has been willing to come in. But like I said, Jesus will never come in except he's given permission. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and open up unto me, I will come into him and I will dine with him. God needs your permission to operate in your life. 
God needs your permission to operate in your family. If you don't open your mouth to ask him to come in, he will never come in. So give God a chance in your life. Give God a chance in your marriage. Give God a chance in your business. Give God a chance in your family. Give God a chance in your relationship. He cannot fix anything except you give him a chance. He's always there knocking, trying to help. But if you don't open the door for him, God will never step in by force to do anything for you against your will. God always wants you to open up for him so that he can come into your life and help. And this is what the centurion said, which is so interesting. He said, Master, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. This is so amazing. He said, I don't waste your time traveling to come to my house, traveling to solve a problem for me. This, for, for, for waste your time. Wherever you are, just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Just speak the word. And listen to what the centurion said. He said, I am a man under authority and I have servants under me. I say to this one, goes, and he goes. And I say to this one, comes, and he comes. The centurion understood how faith works. He understood that Jesus did not need to come to his house. From wherever he was, he could say a thing, and it will come to pass. I pray, may we come to that place where the word of God is sufficient for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I say, may we come to that place where the word of God is sufficient for us. Amen. I remember a time where a lady came to me for prayers. And as I was praying for the lady, I just heard in my spirit that I should pray for this water and give the lady to drink. And then she had this, uh, this, this, this pearl that we call in Cameroon Mosong, for those of you in Cameroon, you know it. She was suffering from that thing. And the Lord said, pray for this water and give her to drink. So I took the water, I prayed for the water, and I gave her, say, drink. And when she drank the water and she went home, she started vomiting a black substance. And after that vomit, she was delivered, she was healed. So the next time she came to see me again for prayers, and I just prayed for her, say, it is well with you, go, you are free. And then she kept looking around like, like it was not over. And I said, my mother is the prayer, say, Pastor, that, that water, you didn't give me that water again. Because the word that I spoke was not sufficient for her. She wanted something extra to be added to what I said. The word of God is sufficient. Hallelujah. I said, the word of God is sufficient. You don't need to carry bangles. You don't need to carry anointing water, anointing oil, anointed salt. The word of God is sufficient. Tell somebody the word of God is sufficient. I say tell somebody by your side the word of God for you is sufficient. If that neighbor is not happy, go to a happy neighbor. Say, neighbor, all you need is the word of God. You are saying it like a suspect. I say, all you need is the word of God. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, all you need is the word of God. All you need is the word of God. Hallelujah. That is all you need. The word of God. The Bible says Jesus marveled. And in the Bible, there are two things I've realized that Jesus always marveled. Number one, he marveled at people's faith, how much people believe. And number two, he marveled at unbelief. So there are seven times that God wants to do something in your life, but your unbelief surprises God. God is like, wow. Can you imagine I want to help this person, but they don't believe? Wow, I cannot imagine the unbelief that this person has. The Lord marveled at two things, the unbelief and the faith. And then Jesus said to the man, Go, let it be done unto you according to your faith. And the Bible said, immediately, the moment Jesus spoke that word, the servant was healed at home. Now, many of us do not understand the spontaneity of God's power or God's word. So many of us believe that when we pray, 
For example, somebody comes to you for prayers and we pray. They don't believe that right there and there it can happen. Some people believe that when I pray, God is going to use the doctors to pass through the drugs and everything the doctor is doing to heal them. But many don't believe that right as we pray, there as we pray, God can answer that prayer right there and there. Hallelujah. God's word is powerful. It can solve a problem immediately. Because the Bible says, when Jesus said, go, let it be done unto you according to your faith, the servant was healed not a day after, not an hour after, not a few months after. Immediately Jesus said it, it was healed. The servant was healed. So when you pray over something, believe that God has answered. Don't say God is going to answer because you're postponing the working of God. Believe that God is answering the prayer right now. God is hearing my prayer right now. When I said it, God heard me right now. Not tomorrow. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Why, why was it important for the Bible to say now? Because any faith that is not now is no faith. Let me say it again. Any faith that is not now is no faith. Like for example, when you say, well, uh, we are believing the Lord for any time. That's no faith. Faith is now. God is doing it now. God is blessing me now. God is changing my life now. God is touching my family now. God is giving me that promotion now. God is blessing my marriage now. Everything about faith is anything that says future is no faith. Immediately, the servant was healed. Like I said, the spoken word has power. The spoken word has power. I gave a testimony some time ago when I was preaching about we traveled to a, a town in, in Cameroon to go, to go preach in a crusade. When I arrived that evening with my brother, we had an evening service. We dropped our clothes in the room where we were lodging and we, and we went to the conference. Coming back in the night, we saw the door was broken. And everything that we brought, my back was all, everything I brought like close to where was taken. But I remember a scripture in the Bible, in Zechariah chapter 5. The Bible talks about something called a flying scroll. And the Bible said the flying scroll is a spirit that goes into the land. And the Bible said this spirit shall stay in the house of the thief until everything in the house of that thief is destroyed. The Bible also says that the flying scroll is responsible to arrest those who swear falsely. So if anybody swears against me falsely or tries to represent themselves in court against me falsely, I can release that spirit against them. And we pray and read the word of God. I say, this is the curse that goes before the land. To any thief, it shall stay in their house until everything is destroyed. We prayed that prayer and we slept. When we got up in the morning, everything they stole was at the door. They brought it back. But I would have been crying, oh my God, I can't believe that this happened to me. Oh God, help. It will never work. But the word that we spoke, the word of God, brought the solution. Hallelujah. As we leave this place today, Stop calling your dead father's name when troubles happen. Stop calling your mother's name. Speak the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Confess the scriptures when you are faced with a situation. Maybe you, you go back home today and you see your child who was very fine in the morning. The child has very high fever and you, there is nothing you can do. You start crying, oh, my mommy, oh, my papa. And you start calling names of your ancestors. Start to speak God's word over that child. By his stripes, you are healed. The children that God has given to me, they are for signs and for wonders. Whatever God has given to me is blessed. The blessings of the Lord make it rich and add no sorrow. You begin to speak God's word over that situation. Hallelujah. 
Don't speak your emotions. Don't speak what you think. Speak the word of God. And like I said, there is power in the spoken word. Now listen. In the word of God that you speak, or the word of God that you hear, is going to have power. It's going to depend on three things that I'm going to share with you this morning. Number one, when you act in compassion. I have realized as a pastor that if I'm praying for somebody and I have compassion on the person I'm praying for, it is easy for God to answer that prayer. Is somebody hearing me? For example, if I'm praying for you and I'm not even thinking about what I'm praying for, maybe let's say there's a mass going on this afternoon between maybe Tottenham and Liverpool, and that's what I'm thinking about. And you say, Pastor, pray for my son, I say, oh, I'll be healed. But I'm thinking about, oh, that mass should have to be healed. I am not concerned. So the power of God cannot be activated because there is no compassion in what I'm saying. But when you have compassion, like this centurion, I said, he did not come to Jesus because of his problems. He came because his servant was sick. And he had compassion on the servant. That is why he came to Jesus Christ for healing. And when Jesus spoke the word, because somebody was acting in compassion, that word of God had power to change their circumstances. Hallelujah. Every time in the Bible that Jesus healed somebody, the Bible says he was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion. So if you are going to say something and it comes to pass, it has to be said or heard with compassion. Hallelujah. It has to be with compassion. The Bible talks about a widow that Jesus met in Luke chapter 7, verse 13 to 15. Jesus was entering a city called Nain. And there he met a widow whose only son died. And as they were carrying the boy, the boy was already in the coffin. They had done the funeral and everything. It was time for burial. And the Bible said Jesus was moved with compassion. And he said to the widow, don't cry. He went to the, to the coffin, touched the coffin and told the boy, get up. And the boy got up. The reason why the miracle happened was because he was moved with compassion. What is compassion? Love in action. Compassion is love in action. Like for example, maybe somebody meets you and say, brother, I'm in trouble. You know, I have difficulties. Maybe I need $200. Say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Just, just trust and I'm going, to, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, ah, yeah. That is not compassion. Compassion is you put that love that you have with action. As you say, bro, I'm going to pray for you. Stretch your hand into your pocket and let the brother know how your prayer is. Don't say, oh, I'm going to be praying for you. Compassion is love in action. So if God is going to use the word that you speak and make it powerful, you have to have compassion. Hallelujah. Feel for people. And when you say it, it will carry the power of God. Amen. Have compassion. And Jesus will always move when you speak. Number two, the word of God that you speak is going to be powerful if you speak in faith. If you speak the word of God in faith, that word is going to come to pass. For example, Jesus says that if you have faith like a mustard seed, he says you shall be able to say to this mountain in Luke 17, 20, he says move and it shall move. Now, the mountain does not move because we say The mountain moves because we have faith. Anybody can say move. The only person who is able to move a mountain is the person who has the faith of a mustard seed. So if you are going to say something and it comes to pass, it will come to pass because you said it in faith. If you decree something, that thing is going to come to pass because you make that declaration in faith. 
For example, when I say be healed, what makes that healing possible is faith. I believe that God is hearing what I'm saying. I believe that God is able to do what he has promised. So when I speak the word of God, it comes to pass because I said so in faith. Hallelujah. I said so in faith. If you believe it, say it, and it will come to pass. You walk to some place, and there's a situation, there's a circumstance. Without doubting, you open your mouth and you confess. It is well in Jesus' name. You shall not die in Jesus' name. Imagine you are before somebody who is very sick. Listen, I have prayed for people that, even in my mind, I'm praying by thinking like God. I don't think this person is going to live. That's what a man in the Bible says, Oh God, I believe. Help my unbelief. Like I know that God can do, but judging by my natural circumstances, I don't think so. But when you have faith, it means that you, you go to the level where your emotions, what you think does not count. You just believe what God said. Like God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, can these dry bones live again? Ezekiel said, I know, but you have to say it because I don't think that these bones can live again. So you come to that place where you are saying it without doubting. Amen. Like I said, for example, they call you to go visit somebody who is sick, a brother or a sister or a friend who is very, very sick, and you are praying for them. And after you are finished praying, you say, let them be healed in Jesus' name. Receive healing in Jesus' name. Then you, as you are going home, you start asking your friend, do they have life insurance? Because in your mind, you are thinking, just in case the person dies, what is going to happen? Do you have faith? Because if you make that declaration by faith, you will not think of any alternative. You know that God is going to answer, and this person shall live. Yeah. Hallelujah. Faith is when you say it without doubting. I shall prosper, no doubt. I shall be healed, no doubt. I shall make it in this land, no doubt. It, shall, it is well with me, no doubt. My children shall be great, no doubt. You say it with confidence without wavering in your faith. Hallelujah. So when you say it, do not doubt. As you said in faith, it will come to pass. And the third thing that makes the word of God that you hear or the word of God that you speak powerful is when you are under God's authority. This is what the centurion said. He said, I am a man under authority. I said to this one goes and he goes. To this one comes and he comes. Now listen to this text very well. The centurion did not say that I have people under my authority. He said, I am a man under authority. Now, logically thinking or speaking, if I'm a man under authority, it means that somebody is above me. I'm the one to receive instructions. But the centurion said, I'm a man under authority, and I said to this one goes, and he goes, to this one comes, and he comes. What the centurion was saying is this. As long as you are not under authority, your words are not powerful. May I say it again to you? As long as you are not under authority, your words are not powerful. Let me say this to you. If you are not under my authority, nothing I say can work in your life. Can I say that again? If you are not under my authority, nothing I say can work in your life. Number two, if you are not under somebody's authority, you don't have any right to have authority over anybody. That's what the sentinel was defining. I said to this one goes and it goes because I am under authority. And by that principle, whatever you say to me, because I'm under your authority, is going to happen. 
That's what he was saying. There is something called covering in the spirit. Covering. What is a covering? Every child of God needs a covering. Every child of God needs to belong to a place. There is somebody that you submit to. Somebody that you, you, you call your spiritual head. Somebody that you, 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 you submit yourself to. That's what the centurion was saying. I am under authority. I say to this one goes and he goes. And they go because they know I have under authority. Now, when a police officer breaks you on the highway, by, by whose authority does he break you? Is it by his size? Is it by his country? By the uniform of the country that he wears is the power that gives him the authority to stop him. Now, if that police officer is fired, and you know that he's fired, and you know that this, this police officer has no connection with the government, will you even stop when he breaks you? You know, this is an illegal police officer. So, in the same way, demons know when you are not under anybody's authority, you're not under God's authority, and you're trying to tell them, come out in Jesus' name. Like in Acts chapter 19, the Bible talks about the sons of Sceva who were trying to cast out the devil. And the Bible says, the devil asked them, Jesus we know, Paul we know, who are you? And the Bible said the demons had them well beaten that they ran out naked. If you are going to have power by the words of God that you speak, you need to submit yourself under God's authority. Let me make this example very clear. Most of us have children. Let's say I have a son. And let's say, my, let's say my, my, my father was alive. My father came to visit me. I'm seated in the living room with my father and my son. And then my father says something to me. I say, shut up. Do you think my son, seeing all what I'm doing to my father, will respect me too? I'm asking, do you think my son will respect me? Because the same thing I'm doing to my father, my son will do the same thing to me. But if my, my son sees that I'm respecting my father, then it's easy for my son to model the same example and respect me. That is what the centurion was saying. Because I am under authority, people listen to me, and now I am under your authority. Whatever you say will happen because I'm under your authority. Hallelujah. Today we have a lot of what I call spiritual bastards who are not under anybody's authority. Nobody can tell you anything. If you are in that place where nobody can tell you anything, nobody can teach you anything, you cannot have authority in the spirit. Because it takes a man who is under authority to be able to exercise authority over somebody else. Like somebody was asking me, say, Pastor, why do you need to be ordained? Are you not already a pastor preaching? That is what they call, or you have to submit yourself to somebody else to recognize. Even Jesus, who was God, had to be baptized by who? John the Baptist. He couldn't baptize himself. He needed somebody to baptize him. That is why we place yourself under somebody's authority so that you can have authority over other people. So if you are going to have authority in the spirit, you must submit to God's authority. Hallelujah. As you leave this place today, may demons begin to recognize you in the spirit. Amen. You didn't say amen. amen. I say, as you leave this place today, may demons begin to res respond to you in the spirit. Amen. If you are not under physical authority, how will demons even respect you in the spirit? When you are rebellious to your supervisor, you are rebellious to your spouse, you are rebellious to anywhere you go, you are rebellious. Nobody can tell you anything. But when you are under God's authority, and you say, in the name of Jesus, demons know who is speaking because they know you carry God's authority. Hallelujah. So if you want authority in the spirit realm, you have to put yourself under God's authority. And then you're going to see things happen. Amen. Your spiritual authority is effective when your submission to authority is effective. Let me say that again. 
Your spiritual authority is effective when your submission to authority is effective. Amen. Listen, God's authority is not God coming from heaven. God has established people on the earth who exercise his authority. Like I said, if I'm speaking all these words, I'm speaking to you, and you don't believe, it can never have an effect on you. God will not pass through me and say or do something that you don't believe. If I say be healed and you don't believe, it will never work. But when you believe that this is God talking to me through this man, whatever I say will work. Not because I'm powerful, because you believe that God is using me to talk to you. Is somebody hearing me? Once you submit yourself under authority, God is going to move in your life. Amen. What I'm saying this morning in summary is this. As you leave this place today, know that the word of God in your mouth is powerful. Amen. Amen. Start speaking the word of God. Start confessing the word of God. When you are faced with a situation, speak the word of God. When you are faced with a crisis, speak the word of God. When things are coming against you, speak the word of God. When trouble is coming in your family, speak the word of God. When you see crisis in your marriage, speak the word of God. When you see trials at your job, speak the word of God. Don't speak your emotions. Don't speak what you feel. Don't speak what you think. Don't speak what people are saying. Speak the word of God. Because the word of God is powerful. Just like I said, God created the whole world by his word. He said, let there be light. And there was light. So you can start speaking the word of God. Let there be peace in my home. Let there be peace in my marriage. Let there be progress at my job. Let my son be healed. Let my husband be saved. Let my brothers be saved. As we speak the word of God, it comes to pass. Hallelujah. The word of God is powerful. All you need to say is the word of God. Amen. All we need to say is the word of God. Nothing else. As we leave this place today, like I said, may the word of God over your mouth become powerful. Amen. May what you say become powerful. In Jesus' name. Can we stand on our feet? If you learn to speak the word of God, you can never be desperate. A man was kidnapped by some kidnappers. They tied his legs. They tied his hands. They tied his mouth. They tied his eyes. And the man begged the kidnappers and said, oh, one favor, please. Just one favor. He said, you can tie my hands. You can tie my eyes. You can tie my legs. But do me a favor, please. Leave my mouth open. Just leave my mouth open. Because he knew if this mouth is open, there is something I can say that can take me out of this bondage. Is someone hearing me? As long as my mouth is open and I know the word of God, there is something I can say that can cause an intervention from heaven. As you leave this place today, in that situation, speak the word of God. Amen. In that crisis, speak the word of God. Don't confess your emotions. Don't confess what you think. Let the word of God come out from your mouth and there will be a change. In Jesus' name. Can somebody just begin to talk to the Lord this morning and say, Oh God, help me to speak your word. Help me to speak your word. Somebody talk to the Lord. Help me this morning to speak your word. I refuse to speak what I feel. I refuse to speak my desires. I refuse to speak according to my feelings. Help me to speak your word, oh God. Help me to speak your word. Help me to speak your word, my Father. Help me to speak your word in chance of days. Help me to speak your word, my God, my God, my God. Help me, Father. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. 